Backroot Media presents NFT. Dr. Jeremy here. Most people's gateway into NFTs is NBA Top Shot. I, I can't quantify like what percentage I mean by most, but most. I think we'd all agree on that. And Chris Otis is no exception. Chris Otis is a prominent Packrit Media contributor who loves basketball, loves his Boston Celtics, and loves his NBA Top Shot. He recently started his own photography-based NFT project uh, about the country that he resides in and loves, Vietnam. The project called Stay Strong VN um, represents some uh, some beautiful photography across the country of Vietnam. And I had the opportunity to talk with Chris, uh, not only about the project, but he's already had some successful drops and just sort of like how transformative it's been for him. And so what are the broader implications for NFT creators and creator artists in, in developing parts of the world? So I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Let's jump into it with Chris Otis. Here we go. And we are back. I'm joined by Packrit Media contributor Chris Otis coming to us live from Vietnam on the MyMoment.com guest line. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, man. About as well as I could be on day nine of, of lockdown, you know. Things are going okay. You are in a hardcore lockdown. Oh, yeah. Been there myself. Most Americans don't know what that's like, but when you've experienced curfew and like serious, serious lockdown, it's just a very strange uh, sensation to and feeling to go through. So you're holding up okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing okay. The, the important thing is we've got enough food, we've got enough water, we've got everything we need. Um, so I'm just trying to stay grateful for what we do have and also take this time to just kind of chill out it's probably going to be the last time in my life until i retire that i can just do nothing all day so take advantage of it this is true so you know we, we spoke uh you know uh, uh, about a week ago week and a half ago about your project stay strong vn and by the time we were going to be able to release the episode you had totally sold out of these uh of this five image uh, photo sort of montage of, of your experiences in Vietnam. So I guess before we jump into what that experience has been like, why don't you talk about the project Stay Strong VN itself and, and then we'll jump into it. Yeah, totally. Um, so for those of you who don't know me or don't know much about me, I've been living in Vietnam for over four years now. Um, I'm a teacher out here. I moved out here right after graduating from university, basically. And what started as a one year sort of gap year turned into a career and a, and a life. And yeah, things have changed a lot. Um, so the project, Stay Strong VN, it's pers a personal photography project of mine. I decided to do this mostly to raise money for charity. Um, I'm sure around the world, wherever you're listening, Vietnam's news is probably not, you know, number one priority on your evening news every night. So you're probably not hearing much about what's happening here. But we basically went from over a year of handling COVID extremely well and going to have like, we had stretches of no COVID cases in the country and a pretty much normal life um, to just being smacked by the Delta variant. And there's a lot of variables that have gone into that, um, that I'm happy to expound upon for anyone who's interested. Uh, but the short version is that as a developing country, vaccines are hard to come by and this you know, the strategy of contain doesn't work with this more contagious variant. Um, so now we're in a bit of a pickle here. There's been no tourism, you know, international tourism for well over a year, and that's hurt the economy. And now we're in a strict lockdown. 
We have been in a lockdown in Ho Chi Minh City for about six weeks now, and we're in week two of like super hardcore military providing food lockdown. Um, so obviously, this has done a number on the economy and people's mental, like mental and emotional well-being. Um, but at the same time, it's a total necessity because hospitals are overwhelmed, people are dying in high numbers, and we have a developing healthcare system. We just can't have that. Otherwise it's going to be total chaos, you know? So I wanted to do something to give back to this country because I genuinely, I love Vietnam more than any other country on earth. It's adopted me as, you know, its own son essentially. And it's become home to me. Um, so the project itself, it began as an idea. I was just going to release five photos, put them up for auction on OpenSea, And then whatever they sell for, they sell for, um, However, things had to change partially because of OpenSea's restrictions on auctions with one ETH reserve, which is absurd. So I ended up just listing the first five for 0.05 ETH. And as soon as I did that, within like 30 minutes, they sold out. So that was when we had spoke last week, right? The first, the, I had listed the first five and then boom, they were gone. So things changed really, really quickly. And I was able to send a donation from that one from a, for about $300 to... Saigon Children Fund, which is a great charity that does a lot of good work here in Ho Chi Minh City. Um, in normal times, dealing with education, especially. Um, but now, of course, more focused on essentials like food, healthcare, um, hygienic necessities, as well as getting you know kids in tough situations, things like books and games as well to keep them entertained um, and you know intellectually stimulated, I suppose. So that was the, the, the first one. I was able to sell that very quickly, send a donation out. So I thought, screw it, why not do it again? There seems to be a demand here. So I kind of called an audible and rather than just sticking with that first five, I decided to do another five and I listed them at 0.08. And once again, it wasn't as quick this time, but as soon as the word got out and I kind of posted out about it a little bit more, uh, those sold, sold out rather quickly as well. And by the time it was all said and done so far, with those 10, I have been able to donate more than $1,300 to Saigon Children. And that's going to help literally hundreds of families like eat and have essential, you know, medical and hygienic, um, you know, care provided to them and products, you know, you know cleaning supplies, um, you know, standard like shampoo, soap, things like that, you know, um, toothpaste, anything along those lines as well. So it's it's been amazing. It's it's far gone far beyond my expectations at this point. So that brings us to kind of today. I kind of been sitting and toying with the idea for a little while, and I had talked to um, Tom, who's one of the main holders of the project now. I think he owns six out of the original ten, and he is actually of Vietnamese descent as well, but he lives in the states. And I talked to him about it. I was on his show, um, Top Shot Friday, Trash Cats on YouTube. Um, and we talked about it a bit and, you know, I kind of had the idea, why not just keep going with this? So now as of today, which is Tuesday, you know, you're going to be hearing this a couple days from now, but Tuesday, um, I decided to do five more. And those are now listed for 0.08 ETH as well. And rather than continuing to donate to Saigon Children, I decided to kind of mix it up a little bit. And there's another foundation I'll be donating to called Blue Dragon that operates in the north of the country in Hanoi instead of just Ho Chi Minh City. And they do a lot of similar work dealing with like, you know, helping out street kids and impoverished families and stuff. 
Um, but their most amazing work comes with helping victims of human trafficking get back home safely. And sometimes even after like 15 or 20 years reuniting families. Um, so that is kind of like their bread and butter work. But of course, in this COVID crisis, they're also focusing on helping, you know, children and poor families get the essentials and the things that they need. You know, people that kind of might slip through the cracks in the official database and may not be getting the, the food and support that they need from the government. Um, so helping people like that out. Wow. I mean, it, it's crazy to think about where you were because I don't, when you came on lesson, you had not, you had just listed them. They had not yeah, just put them so, up. I don't even think I had listed for 0.05 in, in yet. A, they were just on for auction. Yeah. They were up for auction and then you found out you couldn't do it. So, I mean, talk about sort of the, the feeling you have as a human being to, to take something you love, your art for your passion for photography, and then to see it spin into an ability to help others. I don't know if you ever imagined that your photography pre NFT would ever be able to do something like this. So what does that feel like as a photographer? It's kind of like mind blowing and overwhelming. I've had a hard time wrapping my head around it, you know, um, is definitely something I never imagined back like over like a year and a half ago when I first got my, my first real camera, I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I can make a go, a go of like being a photographer, freelance, whatever, maybe sell some prints or something. Um, but it had, I never imagined that I would be able to sell photographs for the amount that I have. And I, I mean, I'm not going to kid myself. I know that the context of, the fun, like the, the sales going to charity is what is driving the sales. But at the same time, it's still something that I created in an idea that I came up with. Um, and putting those things together is what is allowing these donations to happen. And it's really, really cool. It's an amazing feeling. And it's, it's something I haven't quite wrapped my mind around yet. And it's probably because I'm in lockdown and it's something so intangible and I can't like go physically hand a check to Saigon children. And I'm just, you know, sending, sending money that I didn't even have five seconds before just through, through PayPal, you know? Um, so it doesn't really feel tangible or real, but it's still so incredible and so amazing. And it's definitely not something that I ever expected, but it's something I'm really proud of. You know, it's when I hear you talk about the way this project has sort of um, made you feel, it it kind of reminds me of the the way like making NFTs for my son and selling them felt for him. You know, it was was a really it, it sort of changed his sort of worldview around being like a a kid versus being an artist, and that's done a lot for his confidence. It's done a lot for his ability and what he can achieve. So, you know, I think that's part of the power and the promise of, of the NFTs. And I mean, I think about, again, um, Pineapple's Day Out and Retro Cassettes and all the work that, that Laura Africa to the World has done uh, and, and how transcendent the ability for African creatives to have this platform to create on and what it's done for them economically. Uh, it's really, really amazing. Totally. So th I think lo lost in the 50K or the 50 ETH, ape sales and the 100 ETH ape sales and, you know, the gutter cats and the sewer rats and all these PFP projects is like, there is some real, like, life changing things happening for for people all over the world to come to this. Of course, there's people getting wrecked too. Absolutely. Uh, it's not all puppy dogs and ice cream, like, like anything. But uh, 
I think that's part of the promise of, of being in this space in particular. So, okay, Chris, so you, you put these five up, you do the second five, they sell a little, a little quicker or not as quick as the first one, but they sell, you know, pretty quickly. All right. Like wh what are you going to do from here? You're going to release this new batch. Uh, but then, then what, you know, is this something that you're going to just keep doing? Uh, or is this something that you think you'll do a couple more of, and then it's just going to sort of fade away? So I think what my plan is with this, this, this third set was just released. They're listed now. Um, I'll probably do a couple more. Uh, this, um, this COVID situation is long-term, right? This is something that's going to be going on for a while. As much as I would like to kid myself and think that things are going to be back to normal, like a month or two from now here, it's just not going to happen. And even if we could just wave a magic wand and make all of COVID disappear right now in Vietnam and have it never come back, the emotional impact, and sorry, the economic impact as well as the emotional impact is um, you know, going to take a while to recover from. So people are going to continue needing help. So I'm probably going to keep doing this for a little bit. I don't know for how long. I'm thinking probably another two drops, depending on how this one does. Um, I've got probably close to 3,000 photos saved in my Lightroom account that I can go through and kind of pick out the best ones from and, and just, just keep dropping if the demand is there. Um, but so it's going to be kind of a wait and see thing. You know, if, if this current set of five struggles to sell out in three weeks from now, I'm still sitting on a couple of them for 0.08, then that's going to tell me, okay, the, the demand is, has dried up, you know? Um, but if this, if I wake up tomorrow morning and these are gone and then I do another one next week and those sell out in a day, then that's going to prompt me to keep doing this because I mean, why not? Right. If I'm going to keep raising money for charity to help people, then I don't see any reason to stop doing it. Um, it would be a little bit different if the purpose of this project was not a charity thing, right? If it was just strictly a personal photography project or, um, you know, another kind of project where I would be worried about putting too much supply out there and like wrecking the value of the NFTs, uh, then of course I wouldn't be doing it, but it, it's a different kind of situation, you know, where, the people who are buying these are not buying it with the intention of making money on them. They're buying it so that they can be making a donation and kind of get something nice back um, as a memento of that. And they can look into their OpenSea account a year from now, two years from now, and in the sea of, you know, apes and, you know, all the derivatives and profile pictures and one-of-one one art, whatever they may have in their account, they'll see this photo and remember, oh, I made this purchase and it probably helped dozens of kids eat for a few weeks. And that's kind of a cool feeling for them, I would think. Um, so I'll probably keep minting until either I run out of photos or until demand dries up. I'm anticipating maybe two more drops after this one would be like kind of where the equilibrium point will be, but we'll see. Yeah, the the, the sort of idea of NFTs for good um, is starting to catch on. Um, there's a project that I won't talk about right now that I'm involved with that has some similar sort of aims. But I guess, Otis, you know, what I'm wondering is, what is this process done for you in terms of your interest in the broader NFT community? You started as a top shot purist, right? So like, are you sort of now more interested in some of these other pure NFT projects because now you're you're sort of a more active part of both of these communities being the the top shot community as well as, as now you're an NFT creator. So what's your sort of take on the bigger NFT community now that you're involved yeah, in? Yeah, I think definitely so, which is 
kind of an honest, unexpected side effect of this whole thing. Um, I'm definitely more in tune with some of the other NFT stuff that's happening. Like, for example, our, our Packard Media uh, fellow contributor, Paul, um, at Art House Garbage on Twitter, his photography project is really, really cool. And I want to be a part of it now. And I don't think that would have happened and I wouldn't have really noticed it or given it the time of day had I not done this myself from this creator side. Um, or another example, uh, just one that popped up yesterday that I actually, I minted one just for full transparency, not trying to pump my own bags here, but the, the Sneaky Cheetah Club. And the, the artist behind that is an ER nurse dealing with a bunch of crazy COVID stuff. And I think, you know, supporting an artist like that is really cool. And you had mentioned retro cassettes and pineapples layout from Laura. Um, and I had supported her work in the past as well. I've got one of each actually. And yeah, it's definitely made me a little bit more in tune with kind of supporting, you know, individual artists who are either trying to do something good for themselves or for the world, right? Um, I don't think it's really changed much of my my take on the kind of cash grab NFT projects. I'm not going to name names, of course, but um, I can think of like the 300 animals off the top of my head that we see just being dropped. There's three or four new yeah. projects a day with no real utility behind them and no point behind them. Everyone's like, oh, community, this community is going to be so cool. There's no fucking community. Like, that's absurd. Um, but it hasn't really changed my opinion on those. But as far as just the idea of NFTs in general, outside of my niche, which has been top shot 100%, that's been like laser focused on that, right? Um, outside of that, I definitely have more of an interest now. Yeah, I, I, and it's it's cool to see. You know, I I I didn't know if your photography would sell out. Uh, I I mean, I didn't know it was beautiful, but you never know what the sort of market supply is uh, is going to be for any project, right? Um, I I think it's one of those where the importance is on getting a more inclusive, broader sort of set of people creating, which I think this project has done for you. You know what I mean? Um, what, what do you feel like as a photographer now? Um, you know, do, do you feel like forget stay strong VN? Um, do you feel like photography? Are you more passionate about photography than you were given the success of this project? Or do you, is it, is it exactly as it was before? Is it just something that you enjoy doing as, as a hobby? Um, I don't know if it's affected my, my passion for photography at all. It's always just kind of been a little bit of a hobby, something I, I've always loved doing. I never had a real camera until last year um, when that first stimulus check passed through and I, I spent all of it on a camera. It's like, finally, I'm going to do this for myself. I need one. I've been taking cell phone photos when I take trips like for years. Um, so it's something I've always really enjoyed. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily affected my passion for photography, but it definitely has effect, affected my confidence as a photographer. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not under any illusion that these would be selling for 0.08 if there was no like good cause behind it. But at the same time, if they look like trash, then they probably wouldn't be selling either, you know? Um, so it's That's definitely true. giving me the confidence that like, yeah, these photos that I'm taking that I, I have felt happy about um, and have been pretty proud of and just have been throwing on Instagram and Facebook or whatever, just for the fun of it, um, are actually pretty good. And like, it's definitely just given me a lot more confidence and a little bit more like, I don't know, 
I feel like when all this is all over, right, when I can actually go outside again and just live a normal life again and I'm taking trips and just traveling around or even just driving to work every day, it's going to make me a little bit more active with my photography just because even if I don't feel any different about about it as a passion, just that I know it's something I'm decent at. And it's something that I can kind of like continue to grow and get better at because I've seen the results of it already. The power of the creator economy, the power of disintermediation and decentralization and being able to be artistic and be a creator and be a Vietnam and sell all over the world. Um, it's super dope. Absolutely. And I, th I think that, you know, for Americans, there's a lot of sort of interest in this and, and and opportunity in this but for developing parts of the world this the, the massive i mean i don't think as this audience is mostly american that listens to this podcast that probably all people that listen to this have sort of a conceptualization of the the strength of the dollar as it relates to vietnamese currency or uae currency or the thai bot or the um you know indonesian money like there's a huge difference in sort of what the dollar can do in these different countries so i think like eth is stronger than the dollar obviously so you know you think about what the value is uh, uh, as an artist of, of selling projects and making art and, and getting this eth in your wallet it can be really transcendent for people in developing projects. yeah totally um it's it's cool that you mentioned that and you had mentioned laura before um and it made me want to bring up this example from vietnam actually um, which I hadn't really read about in detail until now, but I just pulled it up just to kind of refresh my memory about it. But this was from almost three weeks ago. There was a 14-year-old Vietnamese artist who sold an NFT for 23,000 US dollars. Um, and that's, I mean, I don't know anything about this kid's background. Maybe he comes from a wealthy family already, but even so, that's, that's like life-changing money for most Vietnamese people if you get 23,000 US dollars, right? I mean, that'd be life-changing money for me right now. Um, I, I would definitely take it. So yeah, it's, it's just crazy to think that you can be anyone anywhere in the world. And if you have a, a decent enough computer or a camera or whatever to make art or a photo or any kind of animation or whatever, right. Um, all you need to do is find one person who likes it and they'll buy it and it can be literally life-changing money for that person. So I think it's, it's a really important point that you just made about, the opportunities that this can open up in developing countries or just for underprivileged people in general who may struggle to find buyers or just space for themselves in a traditional kind of art world, right? Um, it's just really cool to think about those possibilities and to think that, yeah, any, any random teenager or random person in any part of the world can make something amazing and if they can just get it in front of enough eyes, I'm sure there's one person who will, who will find it amazing as well and, and pay for it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, what's super dope about it all is that you, you know, you, you are in this position where you, you, you can find your audience globally anywhere with clicking your mouse. And that's just not something that I think like people have really, People have had the ability to sell things online, but shipping was often required, mm -hmm. right? It, it was, it, and that this decentralization of the NFT uh, and using crypto just changes all that. So, 
no, man, I want to thank you for coming on. Really proud to support your projects and everything that you have going on. I think what you're doing is incredible. And I'm really excited to see um, what happens going forward with Stay Strong VN. I'm sure this next drop is going to be super successful. And we'll definitely have you back on here uh, to talk about what life is like a couple of drops from now. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, man. Always a pleasure. Always a lot of fun to come on here and chat with you. So appreciate it. We didn't talk about a single Top Shot moment this entire we time. Didn't. See, we stay, we, we stay we strong. We did stay strong. Uh, I'm going to go weak, though, and say I did just buy Jason Tatum MGLE recently, and I'm still so hype, hype about that, man. <laughs> that is like the pinnacle of my Top Shot existence. I got my Vuk MGLE. Uh, was happy about that. Uh, there's a Zach Levine one I'm eyeballing right now. We'll see what happens with the market. But yeah, well, so we got some we top got a shot. Bit of top shot. Perfect. Yeah, Great. I mean, you can't have Otis top yeah. shot on with, without any top shot. Top shot. Yeah, you're right. Chris, thanks for joining. Pleasure to support you and see all the great work you're doing with this and continued success. Thank you so much, man. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Chris Otis, Packrip Media contributor, uh, and, and check out his project, Stay Strong VN. You'll see the link to the OpenSea page in the show notes. I'm uh, going to have a lot of episodes coming your way over the next week. Trying to catch up. Uh, I'm a school principal by trade, and it's the start of school, and it's very, very busy. So I appreciate your patience in getting these episodes out. But we'll have more NFT coming to you this week. I hope you enjoy it. Take care of yourselves and each other. For now, it's Dr. Jeremy signing off. Peace.